Can you tell me how you pronounce your name? My my personal name? Yes. Kyra. The in their last name? Vra Stewart. Vra. Vra Stewart. Vra. Vra Stewart. So it's like it's like a V. Like if it was phonetically, it would be like a V R A W, but it's oh Vra Stewart. But it's spelt like Ray. Ray. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like I just want to make sure that I. Kyra, so it's like Kyra. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it phonetically. Kyra Vra Stewart. Yes, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I kept the theme with the shop name as well. Atla. Yeah, it's Atla. Atla. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's just like I. It's like you Scottish people and your pronunciations. <laughs> I'm like I. I learned this week that. Um, like today, like yesterday, that Elias is very. Oh, you just learned. <laughs> and I'm like, I've known her for like six years, and I involved this called Mahari. Yeah, Mahari. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like Bari. I'm like Bari. Where's the V in this? I know, I know. I just did like a little. I've started an interview series myself on on my website, and my second question to her was. How do you How, just so we can get that written down for you know for our customers. <laughs> I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is a thousand facets. Kyra Browse Stewart is the owner of Atla in Edinburgh, Scotland, a gorgeous created fine jewelry store that specializes in independent artists from all over the world. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Kyra. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so I met you thanks to Ellis Vary Cameron. Um, she's a good friend, and she was like, "You have to see the store Atla in Scotland. It's beautiful, curated, and Kyra is doing such a wonderful job with it. And you just had to open it." And we kind of start talking a little bit um, online and I start following you and I really like your curation. And then we had a wonderful uh, WhatsApp call, <laughs> video <laughs> chat. And um, we you showed me around the store. You told me a little bit about your story and I've really had a connection with you. I don't know about the Scottish people. I just have such a great connection with them. <laughs> <laughs> We're a friendly bunch. <laughs> I can say I can see that. So, can you tell me where do you grow up? Uh, so, I grew up mostly in Aberdeen, which is in the northeast of Scotland. Um, I kind of bounced around a little bit different places in Scotland. I spent a year up in the Faroe Islands as well, which is where my family are from. Um, went to university in Aberdeen as well and then left as soon as I possibly could and moved down to London. <laughs> and I must say that you make me fall in love with the Faroe Islands and I'm dying to go. <laughs> like you spoke so highly of them and I'm like, where is the Faroe Islands? <laughs> and I found them and I'm like, this is the place that I need to go for sure. Um, so, and how was uh, growing up there? But like, what was the environment? What was the, um, just this landscape of it? Of Aberdeen, yeah. Uh, Aberdeen itself, you know, it's a historical city, so it's beautiful, and I would say it was quite a good place to grow up, quite vibrant as like a young person. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people end up leaving, you know, after school or university. 
Um, but like the surrounding countryside is absolutely stunning. You know, it's, it's it has many of these what they call like the Queen's views. So mm-hmm. it's just so many beautiful scenic spots and very mountainous. And you know, growing up on the coast, that's I, I need to be by the sea now. Like yeah. that's that's what that's kind of instilled in me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you have a first memory of jewelry? Oh, mm. I can't think. I mean, I think the first time that it really like sort of lodged itself like <laughs> in my heart, you know, was um, uh, we went on a family trip to Iceland to mm. to visit some oh. family over there as well. When I was, I think I was fourteen, and because Iceland is so um, has so much tourism I mean this is this is my theory on it mm-hmm. is people have the opportunity to actually create many of their own products and, mm-hmm. and art and you know they can actually sell it too. Yeah. That's I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of how I how I read the situation going down the high street, so many independent yes. stores yes. and I thought, wow, I've not seen this, you know, in Aberdeen. Yeah. Um maybe there was something similar in Edinburgh, but Aberdeen doesn't have that same kind of tourism. Yeah. Um and I remember seeing so many jewellery shops and just work that I'd never seen before um, there was one in particular who um, it was just incredibly bold and raw and used these giant stones and yeah I just I just thought it was absolutely fascinating it's really funny it's really funny but interesting because when I went to Iceland a few years ago and I was like looking at the the jewelry stores and like all the shops that were in um, Reykjavik and the 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 way that the jewelry is made there is so raw yeah. and it's like there's a lot of like tusks and raw stones and I feel like it's such a uh, inspiration from the environment because mm. Iceland is like one of my favorite places mm-hmm. because of the roughness and I just feel like their artists take their environment really at heart and like they really showcase it in the jewelry yeah. and it's really really beautiful yeah definitely Iceland's incredible I mean you feel like the the land is alive under your feet you yes. know it's like you oh, sense it I know I know it's like I, I've, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life since like just being there I was just like <laughs> looking at everything I'm like it's so beautiful <laughs> we like, definitely need to get you up to Faroe then <laughs> I know I need to go to Faroe Islands I'm like I've Please, hubs, thank me to Faroe Islands. <laughs> no gazers there, though, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's all right. Is there, are there puffins? Oh, yeah, a lot of puffins. <sighs> okay, and I'm, sheep. Sold. I'm sold. I'm <laughs> sold. Uh, there you go. My two favorite things, puffins and sheep. It's mm. like my favorite thing. Um, do, you, do you have anybody in your family that, um, in, or, in, or in your childhood that informed your taste in jewelry? Uh, I would... Uh, you know, probably my mom. Like, it's more like her sort of sense of style and her taste in fashion. She loves these avant-garde designers. She's oh. always been quite bold with her tastes. Um, so, you know, everyone that meets <laughs> meets my mom, they'll say, "Kyrie, you'll never be as cool as your mom." You know, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> um, but no, she has a really amazing taste. Um, so I think that's probably like kind of pushed me in a certain direction Um, but otherwise you know I've got quite an artistic family as well that's great Um, so yeah I would say I always kind of been surrounded by that in one way or another whether that's like painters or 
printmakers, um, lots of knitters. <laughs> that's, that's amazing that you had mm. that, that in your family. So basically between um, this Iceland trip and, and university, it's so I just kind of, I ended up doing like lots of evening courses because that's, you know, mm. so, like, let's do this, you know. Yeah. Um, and so from that point on, I knew it's going to be jewellery one way or another. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to Grey School of Art in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so in Scotland, usually for the first year, you try lots of different things. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like, you, at each part of the year, you kind of like focus more on like maybe like instead of doing like 10 subjects you're doing three and then you go on to one kind of thing so I'd cut it down to I think it was sculpture 3d design which included jewelry and um uh, I think it was textiles or photography I've actually forgotten now (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that was that's what I ended up doing so my 3d design course was jewelry uh glass and ceramics and again doing that you can sort of focus eventually that's really interesting have do you have you mixed them all together i i i didn't really to be honest i struggle with touching clay (laughs) i I love ceramics but wet clay i I don't know what it is tactile when it dries on you (laughs) i know it's just like you just mix your hands so dry yeah yeah me out <laughs> clay as much as i love people that like i love the work that people that make clay like clay work yeah, and yeah. like bosses and uh, i cannot see myself doing clay like i just like i'm like mm, pass <laughs> my, my, my husband has yeah my husband has oh let's do let's take a clay class and i'm like no, <laughs> no uh, yeah i i wanted to but yeah i didn't really work out that way and then with regard to the glass we didn't really have the same facilities that somewhere like edinburgh college mm-hmm. of art would have and yeah. um, we could basically we were kind of limited to like slumping um sort that? of like when you either like putting glass chips in a mold and then them kind of melting or using like a sheet of glass and putting it over another mold and then it kind of melting on top of it yeah so you know glass blowing that would have been incredible but we didn't have that it scares me so much (laughs) like glass i did a um just one little class uh to make a snow globe like a (laughs) a christmas ball um a a christmas ornament sorry not a christmas uh christmas ornament um and i was so afraid and they're like keep blowing and whatever i'm like "Ah, it's fire (laughs) i'm i'm deadly afraid of fire so it's like it's Mm. very stressful to me um to like solder and things like that like i'm just a bad bad person at soldering um and then like I watched that show Blown Away. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Is it the one that's like um, the British Bake Off, but for glass? For glass, okay. yes, yes. And it just terrifies me all the time. I'm looking, I love watching the process. And then, you know, when they're like almost finishing and then it breaks, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it looked so cool. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, the the, the um, character in Flashdance who does, who's like a welder. And I thought it was kind of the same thing. You know, I thought, how cool is that? But yeah, it didn't work out for me that way. <laughs> so you, you took jewelry. Yes. And um, what was the, what was your classes? What did they, um, like, is it, was it more like contemporary? Did they uh, use like different techniques? Like, uh, what was the education like? Yeah, it was definitely more sort of contemporary jewellery leaning mm-hmm. um, I, in hindsight I'm not sure that we learn like that many traditional techniques really? um, 
I, some, in a way, I kind of feel like I sort of learned more in some of my evening classes pre-university. Oh, really? yeah. Interesting. Because I guess that was jewellery only, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, it was more like, almost more just sort of miniature sculptures that we were working on. And we would learn like different techniques. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't quite the environment for me. I think maybe it didn't drive me in the yeah. right way. Maybe that was just me not wanting to be in, in Aberdeen anymore. I'm not really uh, sure, but uh, uh, yeah. I, I have like, so flashbacks of me not wanting to be in my town. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, I just needed to get out of exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like small towns, there's like a, a saying that says small towns, uh, big hell, you know, because everybody knows each other and it's like, there's no way to grow. And so, like, I understand. I appreciate my small town now where I live, but mm -hmm. it's still, like, but I have, like, the big city close to me. So, um, you know. Uh, so you graduated from college. Where do you go next? So in my third, so in four years of university, in, the th in my third year, um, they would usually offer students to go on an Erasmus placement. So they would go to, like, a university um, abroad and mm. study there for six months. Nice. And... Um, that year they added a new option which was to go and do an internship mm -hmm. and I just jumped at that I was like let me out <laughs> <laughs> so I just contacted like everyone you know and at that point I was really into I mean I, I liked everything but I really loved like a lot of fashion jewellery as well mm -hmm. um, and one of the people I contacted was Vivian Westwood mm -hmm. and so they offered me uh, an internship so I ended up doing that um, for like the second half of my third year Um, which was great, and that was mostly like in product development. Yeah. Um, that was done in London. So you were doing the grunt work. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of research, <laughs> um, but it was just like the most incredible like environment. It was just this, um, you know, like multi-story office full of like the most, you know, like the most interesting people that you yeah. would meet in the art department in school. You know, like yeah. they were all there. That's, um, that's it was really just cool. like, it was there was such an energy. It was just, yeah. wow, it was so incredible to be and, there. And just uh, Vivian Westwood is a very respected designer yeah. in, in all over, like especially in like the drag community. They all love yes. Vivian Westwood. They, <laughs> the Vivian. <laughs> the Vivian, exactly. <laughs> the Vivian. Um, but like they love her. And, and I think that she just, she has has had such a punk voice in, in her work. Like she has uh, like spoken to the rebels out there. Um, and just like, just like her, the mixes of like uh, patterns and then cuts and like layers and levels and all her pieces are just so interesting, but they still feel new. They never fe have felt old or uh, out of outdated, I don't think. Exactly. I mean, I think kind of, You know, it's for her. It's always like looking to the past and merging it with the future. Exactly. So it's it's kind of always going to feel fresh in a way. Um, yeah. So uh, going back to university after that, I, I didn't want to be there. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, I've experienced you know like exactly. real life. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just plodded my way through the last year yeah. and then I just nailed it down to London and ended up living with a girl who I'd, in I'd interned with at the time. Oh. Um, so yeah, that was the kind of. Yeah, that was my escape. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so what job do you have after going, uh, um, coming to London and moving here and trying the big city? Yeah, um, so I ended up doing a couple internships. You know, it was like, there was a jeweler um, called Henriette Lofstrom. I, I don't know if she's still going. She's, um, I 
she was da- yeah she was Danish and she had a workshop in her bedroom mm. so I, I would go to her be- her flat and work in her bedroom <laughs> every day um, and then I I um, interned at it was an Italian she was she was a she's a fashion designer but she ended up kind of focusing on the jewelry side of things oh, called uh, Maria Francesca Pepe oh yes I know her oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah she yeah her it was this sort of tubular necklace style that mm-hmm. kind of Got, yeah. got her out there. Yeah. So real statement pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, most, you know, it was all like plated brass. Yeah. Um, so I interned there. Ended up uh, getting employed there. I think I must have worked there for about two years oh. as sort of creative assistant there, and that was absolutely fantastic um, experience. You know, we, we were. She had a lot of like celebrities that were interested in her work as well. Mm. We would make uh, show pieces for like Lady Gaga, and oh, wow. yeah. So no, it was a really really good time. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. After that, I um, I ended up going back to Vivian Westwood, yeah, to replace the um, the assistant to the head jewellery designer, yeah. um, and I was there for about um, sort of almost three years, I think, and then I ended up relocating to their Thailand office oh. um, for about four and a half years. How <laughs> Which, was that? How was that experience <laughs> in Thailand? Um, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, I I learned whole lot <laughs> it was kind of like working in London but in Thailand you know because it was still quite like full-on yeah. um, but it was great because we could actually work directly with the factories who were producing all of the jewelry up in Chiang Mai and in Bangkok mm. um, and I could work directly with uh, Laurent Rivo who was uh, my boss and mm. the head jewelry designer um, so it was yeah it was a different experience actually being out there for sure and you know experiencing a different culture yeah. as well how was that <laughs> Uh, that was challenging (laughs) that was definitely challenging but I think it's it's one of those things that you almost don't really know what you've learned from it until you've left and I kind of had that feeling while I was there I thought in hindsight this will make a lot of sense to me (laughs) do you learn a little bit of the language yeah I learned like enough to kind of get by on a sort of day to day but it it wasn't amazing you know it was Mm -hmm. like to, um, to ask for directions or to order my food yeah. or you know because in town to be honest most people spoke pretty yeah. good English and it was just when um, um, everyone rode like motorbikes out there and yeah. I and I, I got obsessed with that as well <laughs> and I'd go on you know weekend trips to the countryside on my motorbike with my really yeah oh, that's cool. um, so it was those kind of small towns they they didn't speak English yeah. and I would need to learn a, yeah. a bit to get to get by there but yeah not as not as it's not what I wish it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Did you experience the whole like going to Phuket and things like that, like the beaches and? Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I love that. So if I had like a long weekend or something, I would just take a take a flight down south oh. to the beaches and yeah, that was that was that was pretty cool because it's and you know you could fly as well to all the neighboring countries yeah. with um, with what's the cheap airline there? Air Asia. I think, yeah, that's kind of like using EasyJet or Ryanair over here, like <laughs> super cheap. Um, and, you know, you could go over to Vietnam and M- Myanmar. And um, I would go to Hong Kong a lot at the start to do my visa runs, oh. um, which I <laughs> love Hong Kong. I know, I love yeah. Hong Kong too. <laughs> Hong Kong has like a very New York feel to it, I think. You know, it's yeah. very fast. It's very like, and I was able to, like, I went enough to just... Be, like understand where I'm, I was going for like a little bit but I did take the train once with somebody and it was very fascinating 
Like, I don't know, it's just like, like, it was so, you know, like, the subway, like, because everything is, like, in Mandarin, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, not Cantonese, sorry, I'm sorry. Just, you have that combination. It feels kind of like you're in London and China at the same time, yeah. you know, it's the combination of also, like, old and new when you're looking up at the buildings, mm-hmm. you know, you've got these incredible, like, you know, buildings like in the sort of financial district or yeah. whatever, and but all the scaffolding is bamboo. Bamboo, <laughs> yes, yes. Huh. <laughs> No. Just these little moments, it's, you know. Yeah, it's like really like you're like, oh well, this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's very. And but the, also when you when you're like by the by the 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 water, and then you see this like uh, like old sail. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, boats. What are that, they called? The yeah. I don't remember the name. The name. But like I I have actually a photo that I took like a really good photo and I framed it and I put it on my wall. That is just like one. It looks like. The old times, and yeah. but then you have like the very modern buildings in the back, and it's just like such an interesting juxtaposition yeah. of the old and the new. That's the word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it makes you think, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. no, I absolutely love it. And you've got all the islands as well, go on mm-hmm. a day trip to a little island. So, no, yeah. <laughs> if Hong Kong was closer to the UK, I think I would have moved there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm. pretty cool. So, um, you were there for four years. Um, why did you decide to leave? Oh, I think, you know, I just kind of reached a bit my sort of limit yeah. with it. It was quite, it was quite tough. Um, you know, we worked long hours mm-hmm. and um, we worked a lot of weekend days as well sometimes. Um, and yeah. I, I think I just kind of, and I miss my family, you know, it was mm-hmm. so, I hate flying. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that was that was tough. I'm close to my family and they're all like in the Faroe Islands in Scotland and my friends are all back in the UK as yeah. well. So. And also I feel like when you're like working for, uh, uh, if you're in London and then you're working for a Thai company, then you have to adhere to their hours, you know, like work, make sure that they're working when you're working and be able to mm. communicate. Yeah, yeah, the time difference was difficult as well. No, I think I, I think I kind of felt like I'd, I, I couldn't really do more there in a way, and I'd sort of set myself a timeline. I said, if I'm, if by the time I'm 30, it's time to move on, you know, yeah. and go and do something else. Um, uh, yeah, so, I, and I think in some ways I was kind of a bit falling out of love with jewellery. Mm. Uh, I know, <laughs> a single tear. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, let's move on and see what comes next, really. Yeah. So what was next? Um, just, uh, gap. <laughs> um, well, I went, I, I, I took some time to travel, like, just yeah. after I, I left, because I didn't really get that much time to sort of or didn't whenever I had a holiday I would come back you know to the UK so I didn't really see as much as I would have wanted out there Mm -hmm. so just before I left I was like go to you know go to Japan go to Australia went to um, Myanmar and then I spent two months in India which Mm -hmm. I'd always wanted to do and that was just where where do you go uh, like everywhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah sort of started from the north and went all the way down to the south were you by yourself Uh, no I was with my then boyfriend and um, yeah so um, and I actually didn't register like how cold it would be when we arrived (laughs) and it was like Baltic it was (laughs) there was snow like (laughs) no really (laughs) yes so that was interesting um and because I wasn't really feeling jewelry at that time usually I would you know go around and you know try to find gemstones yeah exactly so instead of that I kind of focused more on just 
I, I was so amazed by like, all of the craft and handwork and skill work that was everywhere so, you look yeah, frankly it's so beautiful yeah the, the, the art that comes out of there it's just it's so beautiful the the fabrics the, oh, yeah. the pottery everything so rich yeah. yeah i mean just it's just the most you kind of like you have to sort of adjust a little bit when you get there because it's so full-on so much noise so many people yeah. but once you've kind of like Tuned logged into in the <laughs> to that network you know it's 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 just absolutely amazing and i really need to go back but yeah. um yeah I loved it got really into the the local like the, the perfume the oil based perfume that they would mm. make um we 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 kept seeing these little like vials everywhere like uh, there'd be little little sort of stalls in every town that we went to mm. and and eventually we figured out where they'd where were they we were like where are they coming from and, and we found out that um that it was like there was these two main areas i, I I don't know if this is true, but this is what we learned, is that there's one in the north and one in the south. And the one in the north was in a place called Kanoj, which is just uh, sort of between, like, Delhi and Lucknow. So we ended up uh, going to Lucknow, getting renting a motorbike, and then tr- riding over to uh, Kanoj, and it was just the most incredible experience. And I know it's not jewellery, but it's, like, it's craft. No, but, and, you know, it's, it's, like, but it's, it's still part of your education. yeah. And that's what that's what makes you who you are. Mm, yeah, you know? and I cannot believe that you were in a motorbike in India. <laughs> oh yeah, many times. Unfortunately, I I I can ride a bike, but I didn't have my license, so I couldn't like I I, I couldn't risk it. And you know, if I had an accident, yeah, like I would course. never have been covered for insurance. But my then boyfriend did, so we would we would like rent scooters and bikes and go around town, and it was a great way to see yeah. see the place. Um, and yeah, just this. Oh, this town was just absolutely incredible. It's like everyone in that town was involved in jewelry in some way, not jewelry in, in perfume in some yeah. way or another. And like the gutters, like there was just like, just there were the smell of you know, like there were were they like petals everywhere. It basically, I mean, it smelled incredible. You know, yeah. um, no, so it was just the most amazing place. I need to go back and make a documentary or something. I know that sounds <laughs> really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, like, do you feel like India give, make you love um, just art more? Yeah. And, like, did it give you, like, a little love for jewellery? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's handcraft. That's, really like, my passion, you know. I just, I love to see how people make things. And I love to see that, it, you know, a piece has been made by hand. Exactly. You know, sometimes if something's too perfect, I kind of disconnect from it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do. Uh, like, not everything because it's like unless it's like somebody has like an in- incredible idea that it's like done in computer or something like that. Right. But it has to be like something really special for me to really engage with it. Yeah. Other than that, if it's like too perfect, I'm like, eh. yeah. Well, frankly, like being at, at Westwood, um, you know, I'd never been out to the factory until I moved there, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, you, you know, we had, it was a mass production and I'd see like hundreds of pieces in a bag of the same thing. And it was really hard to imagine that they were made by human hands. Yeah. You think like, there must just be a machine involved somehow. Yeah. And then when I got there, you know, I could see it was room after room after room in the factory. Mm-hmm. There was like, there was the casting room, the polishing room, the mm-hmm. stone setting room, the enamel room, the... Uh, 
mm-hmm. and loads of people in each room and, and, and it was it was all made but it was so many hands yeah. you know to get it to that perfect perfect stage I know and it, it, even though it's made by hand but it's just like it takes but it's not made with that love right exactly that passion like it's just made very mechanically you mm. know like just like alright this is my duty today this is what I'm gonna do and like we're just gonna make a hundred of the same one yeah <clears throat> sorry no. <laughs> I'm losing my voice I'm sorry I was having dinner last night <laughs> so very late <laughs> um, uh, so uh, so you you come back from India where do you go next Oh, yeah. So I came back to Edinburgh briefly, uh, which is where my parents had since moved after leaving Aberdeen. And like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> happy, yeah, happy for it to be in Edinburgh. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would have done if they were still in Aberdeen. <laughs> I probably would have moved back to London or something. Um, but I stayed there briefly, did not not know what I was doing at all. I mm-hmm. kind of thought, should I go back to university? Like, do I want to retrain or something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I ended up moving up to the Faroe Islands and mm-hmm. just sort of staying, you know, spending time with family up there. Um, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, reconnect with my heritage a bit. Yeah. Um, my language skills were like, okay, but... You know, What's the name of the language? The uh, Faroese. Faroese. So it's kind of like Icelandic, Norwegian, which is hybrid. Very, it has very vo- many vowels and very. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's not an easy language yeah, to learn. Yeah. So I'm glad that I had like a head start on it, but, <laughs> but there was a lot. You know, it was kind of like I was missing a lot of the vocabulary mm-hmm. that an adult would learn. You yeah, know, yeah. by not having spent enough time there, mm-hmm. um, and I think. I think because of the sort of fast-paced nature of where I'd been working before, I needed to sort of, like, decompress Mm -hmm. a little bit and sort of come back down to earth. Like, I felt very kind of, I don't know what the word would be, like, quite defensive, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was was just always something going on or something was going wrong. And so I just needed to, like, let go of that. And Mm -hmm. so... I actually started working in a nursery up there mm. uh, with children that were from one to seven. So nursery is quite, they're quite, they leave a bit later than they would uh, usually. So they start yeah. school when they're seven. Interesting. Or, or eight, I think even some really? of them. Yeah. So it was like quite a wide uh, mm. age range there. And um, I thought, you know, they'll teach me, they'll correct me, <laughs> which they did. Um, and it was just so lovely to work there. You know, everyone was just, had, so kind and thoughtful and it was just like exactly what I needed yeah. at that time and I would they had a little art room in the back and that just sort of became my space and they would sort of send me there with the kids be like oh can you like there's five kids are being like really boisterous can you take them all to the art room and I would just do little art projects with them and oh, it was yeah but it's like it started to like heal you in a way oh yeah yeah you know? 100% 100% yeah. oh that's beautiful yeah I, I recommend that. it to anyone <laughs> play with children yeah yeah basically it was just these, make like, art with children make art with children yes like yeah I think there's really something yeah. to that <laughs> um yeah and then the and then the pandemic struck mm. 
Um, the famous <laughs> pandemic. You may have heard of this. <laughs> it has come a couple of times. It's come up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're almost kind of at the stage where you're starting to like forget it now, right? Just like, oh, no. move, like <laughs> remove it from your from your mind. Um, but yeah, so they closed the borders there earlier than they did in the UK because mm. they're you know they're, they're part of Denmark and Denmark closed yeah. the borders earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of one by one, I. People were like, oh, I can't meet you because I've got to protect, you know, my gran and my cousin was looking after my gran Mm -hmm. there. Um, And so I couldn't see them, you know, and I was thinking, am I going to be stuck here by myself for months? Um, So I ended up flying back to Edinburgh to, you know, also kind of check on my family there. Um, And yeah, uh, basically never managed to go back because every time I tried to book a uh, flight back it would just get cancelled yeah Um, yeah, so kind of one thing led to another and I started exploring the option of um, uh, you know sort of dipping my toe back into the jewellery world um, and you know contacting different jewellers and seeing how they would feel about uh, joining me um, for like a pop-up. So mm-hmm. I discovered there was a pop-up space in Edinburgh that supports um, small businesses. You know, it's kind of like you can hire out by the week, by the month. Um, they're quite selective about who they let in. So it was, you know, motivating for me that the owner was interested in sort of hosting me there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how that came about. It's like I found my jewellery drive and like love for jewelry again and I could and this meant also that I could speak to some of my favorite jewelers who I'd also looked to for inspiration over the years and it was so cool it was like talking to like you know talking to like my favorite musician or what (laughs) exactly your idols yeah 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 exactly trust me I I know the feeling (laughs) yeah you're like fangirling a little bit and you're like oh yeah to you um so uh and that's like the inception of atla yes yeah can you tell me what atla means so it means intention intention um it's a pharaoh's word so yeah i wasn't ready to let go (laughs) of my like plans to i wanted to stay on there you know so i thought i'm just gonna give it a pharaoh's name and keep that connection um and it yeah so it means kind of to intend to or i intend to um, and that kind of tied in, I thought, with the ethos of the store, yeah. which I felt was quite removed from my previous, like, working, you know, my previous, like, experience in, in jewellery, which was uh, costume jewellery, you know, it was mass-produced, um, the materials didn't really have the longevity of uh, fine, fine jewellery materials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it was kind of just, like... Wanting to stay in jewellery, but in a way that I felt morally happy with myself, yeah. you know. Yes. Um, so I kind of made that, so you know, made the choice to work with certain jewellers who had like a strong voice about what they were doing and why they were doing it. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of like the ethos part of it, and that's why I chose um, the word intention ultimately. Um, and you know. Jewelry is so personal, like yeah. this. It's, it's, it all kind of ties in. Yeah. yeah. So, who you started to carry first? Like, who was your like uh, first? Yeah. Um, um, so, I think I started with twelve jewelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I had uh, Ellis, obviously, which we discovered <laughs> w- weirdly enough that we'd actually lived in the same flat at different times in the same bedroom <laughs> it was so bizarre I know. See, it was meant for it yeah. was such a meant it was meant to be, to be yeah, for exactly. sure. 
Um, no, so yeah, Ellis, um, Gronje Morton, Alice Ways, um, Fraser Hamilton, Ruth Tomlinson, um, uh, Natalie Perry, Kai Konechna, do you, well, I can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Who did I start? Um, there was a, a Canadian jeweler called Meg de Graff. Uh, there was um, uh, Golpira, German jeweler working with mm. gold nuggets. Um, I wanted to support, you know, Fairway's art, art and craft as well. Um, so uh, this woman called uh, Turi Nelson Moore. Mm-hmm. She's actually an architect, um, but jewellery is sort of her side passion. And she works with basalt rock, which is essentially what the country is made of. It's, you know, millions and millions year old. Uh, like volcanic. L- volcanic rock. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Oh. That's um, amazing. So that's kind of the idea was people could take away a piece of the country with them because they're so, you know, sort of oh. proud. Um, and who else? Oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting someone probably. I hope they won't be upset. <laughs> she has a long list, so we, we, we will not, yeah. not take it personal. <laughs> exactly. No, but it, so in the, the way that... So you, you pick some Scottish artists, yes. but then you, you pick people that really spoke to you and like um how many pieces like do you carry per like they, do you want to have like a small collection a bigger mm-hmm. collection like how what what do you how do you chose what to mm. bring from every artist mm. um well i suppose i'd learned quite a lot at westwood about kind of creating families and stories and things i mean i definitely took a lot of what i learned there with me yeah. um and yeah so i would kind of it probably would be like between eight to 16 pieces per yeah. jeweler, depending on like what felt right and the scale of them. Yeah. I just wanted to give the jewelry like room to breathe. Yeah. Um, I, I find sometimes going into a jewelry shop, it can feel a bit sort of overwhelming. There's mm-hmm. too much option. Um, and I just wanted to like just cut it right back and um but I think it's like that's a good amount of number because I feel like sometimes like I will see in a store like uh, they will carry like one or two pieces per artist but you need to see the breadth of their work and like their vision and their voice Mm. and you cannot just like you cannot say that with two pieces you have to have like just like a small collection so you can so people can really uh, understand the artist. Yeah, 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 definitely. And telling their artist story is like really, really important too. Yeah, and I think also kind of choosing the right pieces that don't confuse the customer too much. Sometimes I find if a jeweler does has many different like styles, mm-hmm. I sometimes have to just kind of think, okay, none of those yeah. because it's confusing, exactly. and I I just need to choose like pieces that provide a strong message mm-hmm. of what they do yeah. um, and I just wanted to also make sure that all the all the different jewelers and the pieces would harmonize with each other in store so they're doing different things there wasn't too much overlap and I feel like I, I feel like if someone's taste like drew them to a certain jeweler they could probably appreciate the work of the jeweler next to them yeah I don't know why that was maybe like my sub sort of just my gut feeling, you yeah. know. But and that's kind of what I tried to create, like curated space exactly. where someone sort of done that work for you to find pieces that work together and have also been like, you know, I've 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 sort of done the due diligence that you other might otherwise might want to do on checking like 
where are the materials from, you know, like, uh, is this is this made in a factory or is this made by an independent jeweler and so kind of thing like I've done, I've done that for you exactly. and this is this is my top choice yeah. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> no but that's really good because it's like you it's everything that you carrying it speaks to you mm-hmm. and then through that you can speak to the customer exactly you know and that's like one of the things that is like really important with stores that to really connect with the artists that they believe yeah. So they can like really speak to the customer and it's like this is this artist is amazing because we're X Y Z. Yeah. And like really have that connection even like even if the 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 customer cannot understand the, the they they cannot meet the artist at least you can be their voice. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Actually, that was something I realized early on was that there were certain lines that I just couldn't carry in the store even though they were objectively beautiful yeah. and well respected just I couldn't I couldn't do it with some of them I felt like I wouldn't be able to like authentically yeah. talk about them and people would believe me so I could really only stock work that I felt like a passion for even if I sometimes wouldn't wear them myself mm-hmm. I really believe in what they're doing yeah. I love their story mm-hmm. you know and objectively they're beautiful yeah um so yeah no that was yeah, that's that's been important, and that's kind of continues forward. I know we were talking about it earlier. It's like I, I can un, I can appreciate beauty of of, of certain um, designers' work, but I just know it wouldn't work for me. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, you opened during the pandemic, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how was the the neighborhood welcome you? Like, how was that? And like, how's been the you know the progress progression mm. uh yeah you know i i uh, <laughs> i don't think i i can't know any differently like if i'd opened up this year would it have been better i don't know i think probably not um i opened up in november 2020 um so i was actually open for one and a half months before we went back into lockdown oh, wow. so that was a good laugh <laughs> <laughs> um but um no i would say that the locals were so supportive and yeah. um, local like local like um, people that lived locally also like local businesses everyone really had my back we all had each other's backs that's you know good, I think that was good. lovely well you have such a beautiful like you you, you show me the street that yeah. you were like when we were talking <laughs> and it's so beautiful I'm dying to go and visit <laughs> for sure but it's just like such a beautiful historic area too mm-hmm. like you can feel like people in the 1500s 1600s just walking those streets yeah too. and now it's like such a beautiful space and I, I don't know it's just like it just it just felt gorgeous and your story is absolutely beautiful oh thank you you must visit if you're in edinburgh edinburgh edinburgh, edinburgh. edinburgh. Oh, see, see, I, I know it doesn't it's i cannot say it edinburgh Edim, edinburgh yeah I, it's not spelled like that <laughs> it's like very um i have very my tongue gets twisted very easily <laughs> you're all good you're all good um so like how do you see your work like your store like going forward what's your vision for it yeah you know this is I feel like I'm in a kind of a, a, a turning point right now where I, I feel like I, I really went with my gut for the first it's almost two years now yeah. um and I've explored like many different 
avenues and tried to collaborate with different people. And um, so I think to be honest with you, I'm I'm continuing on that journey now, like as it is. And mm-hmm. I feel like next year I need to now, next, I'm thinking like ne- early next year, I'm going to sit back and look at it and think, what's working, you know, mm-hmm. what isn't working and where do I want this to go, yeah. you know? So t- to be frankly honest with you, I don't have that exact end destination insight. I'm amazed that it's even got to where it is now. It's, it's you know? always a work in progress. And that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. but, that, but, that's, but it helps you, um, like, it's good to, like, stop, look back and yeah. say, like, okay, this is this is what I've been working. Yeah. If, do I want to go to that route? And yeah. like, do I want to expand to that? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to retrieve from it? Like, it's yeah. just like, it's, it, you have to give yourself time to grow and like to be flexible mm-hmm. enough because I, I don't, I feel like people just get like so stuck in like, oh no, this is, they, they have a square and it's like, this is the square that I have to mm-hmm. stay within. And I feel like if you get yourself, uh, let yourself flow a little bit, mm-hmm. you, you turn to grow more yeah. from it and yeah, I, yeah and I think it's really important to have like that flexibility of just like stopping looking and mm, zooming out exactly yeah so that's yeah I'm looking forward to doing that to be honest and I think you need to because you know it's um you have to kind of like I think you have to imagine that there's always somebody that's going to come in and try and do it better than you and so and that's for any business yeah. I think and so I think being able to sort of almost compete with yourself in a way you know like yeah what would what would I do if I was competing with myself you know it's not you know it's not in a sort of in that competitive way but like I just think I need to be realistic and um yeah so let's see <laughs> <laughs> hey it's it, it's it's you've it's been a it's a two-year-old baby yeah right now. exactly so you know it's, it can grow in different ways yeah, and that's the the great thing about yeah, it. Yeah, I know it's exciting. I think there's lots of lots of possibility and opportunity, and I just need to make sure it's doing it. I'm doing it, um, doing right by it. Yeah, but I mm-hmm. think like the people where I've, who I talked about you, like they really respect you and respect your taste, mm-hmm. and that's really good. And that's what you want. You want to have like that that like uh, that uh, the people that really understand what you're doing mm-hmm. and and that's really good and then you have like the the customers that are backing you up and like really seeing your vision yeah and, no that yeah. means so much to me and you know i meet people i've even just this weekend i've met some people who've said oh i've been following you since the start yeah. and that's like that means honestly so much to me because you don't know it's like you're exactly. just putting something out into the world and thinking good luck you know (laughs) like who knows what's gonna happen so that's so meaningful for me you know and I don't think this is something I could have done 10 years ago I think it's all kind of based on my like experience really and it's a lot of it's been just kind of gut instinct which you hope is going to lead you in the right direction I think it will Mm. I think you have the passion and you have the and you in your and the people that you're supporting have that share passion yeah so that's the the great thing yeah and, oh, they, I, and yeah. they support you so much too like i see them also it's like every time that you have a trunk show every time that you have something they really support you too and you need that that uh collaboration between yeah. the two of you so you can grow together yeah i absolutely love it i mean i feel like being like jewelers that i work with i feel like they're my chosen colleagues in a way <laughs> i don't know if they feel the same way but i feel that way and i feel like really excited to talk to them as well yeah. i love like touching base with them um so yeah that's as much as like needing to really love and admire their work and also believe that it is um you know 
it's possible to sell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I also kind of look for that aspect of like uh, you know the relationship between myself and them, and and yeah. that's that's really important for me because otherwise, I, I find it difficult to you know. I don't know what am I trying to say. <laughs> to, no, I yeah. understand. Like you cannot, you cannot push the work. You you cannot like represent yourself properly if you mm. don't believe in what you're yeah. giving. Yeah, and, it's and like kind of a two way street. I feel because exactly. as much as I need them, I feel like you know I'm trying to su support them and promote them as best I can. I tell their story yeah. to everyone that walks through the door because mm -hmm. it is mostly for me is in 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 store, you know, and so that's people. From Edinburgh, that's tourists coming from all over the world. Edinburgh has like the second highest number of tourists in the UK. It's, it's second Thank to you. London. Thank you to Outlander for that. One hundred percent. All the Outlander oh. ladies <laughs> looking for the standing stones. <laughs> My cogs are turning. Maybe some kind of themed like in-store event. No. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to have Jamie Fraser coming. <laughs> All the ladies will. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh yeah, we need to get the what's it called? Like the knives that go in the salt. oh the the um the dirks. Maybe oh god, I'm I'm terrible Scott. I can't remember the name. <laughs> I think it's a dirk. I think so. I don't know. Well, Ellis has been talking about them, so we need to do a little sort of. Yeah, you're gonna uh, have to do like a <laughs> like a Scottish Highland theme. Yeah, <laughs> everybody world killed. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, we definitely benefit from the tourists. <laughs> I love that. I will. I'm gonna definitely. I have to go. I've been dying to go to Scotland. Invite to a wedding or something. I know. That's I really the ticket. Wanna, I really want to go. To, when are you going to get married? Oh, <laughs> when do you want to come? I'll, I'll get it organized. <laughs> I need a I need a Scottish wedding for sure. I really need to. You need All right. It. <laughs> so I have some compulsory questions for everybody. Yes. Um. Uh, what's your favorite gemstone? Oh. Do you know what? Hmm. Labradorite. Really? Yeah. Ah, that's a new one. Yeah. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I've always felt that way about it. I think, you know, there's a bit of the goth in me. Um, I just, you know, so I like, I love an opal and I love a moonstone as yeah. well. I love when you see the kind of flashes yeah. of light and the warmth. But I think, yeah, there's something so mysterious about Labradorite. I understand it's not really often, yeah. of, often used in fine jewellery, but... I, hey, lo I love hey, it. You know, I, I like that. I, I, there, I have some beautiful Labradorites in my collection, so it's fine. Uh, what's your favourite metal? Um, gold. <laughs> any any carrot? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I kind of prefer like a paler gold. Mm, so like a twelve. Oh, we don't really do twelve here. Yeah. I actually had um, I I ordered a piece from Alice Ways that was fourteen carat white gold, and usually for uh, usually white gold in the UK, I'll. The, the jewelers would send me like so 18 carat would usually be quite dark and mm -hmm. gray yeah. nine carat will be quite sort of silvery toned yeah. um but this 14 carat that i i ordered from alice ways was the most beautiful like bronze mm. tone mm. i don't know if it's like easily replicated but yeah. that was yeah that was absolutely stunning i love that kind of pale bronze look mm. um, I like but that. i don't really have any in stock yeah. so sorry about that <laughs> uh what's your favorite technique or tool Oh, um, technique or tool. 
what's yours? <laughs> oh, I have so many. Um, I think, uh, good question. I think, like, wax carving. Ah, right, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I probably that as well. I mean, I love seeing, I love, like, really, obviously, like, hand-forged Mm-hmm. jewelry as well you know where it's, it's all yeah. of it's done by hand they've yeah. they've you know they've melted down mm-hmm. gold they've um you know if they've made the wire it's all like it's all by hand it's, mm. yeah i think no ca- you know no casting I, I i love that seeing that kind of work so yeah. maybe that i don't know what you would call that yeah hand forging. <laughs> hand forging. <laughs> um who's your favorite artist does need to be jewelry can be anything like right now Oh my god! <laughs> See, these are the kind of questions I struggle on. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh god! Um, I uh, I don't know. Can we double back on this? <laughs> <laughs> sure. N A. Yeah. What's your favorite li- uh, thing to listen while you work? Oh, uh, podcasts for sure. Any specific one that you? Uh, a thousand facets, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it will be. <laughs> we will be at some point. <laughs> um, I've been listening a lot to uh, the Diary of a CEO. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's just interesting the people that he brings in. Um, it's not always CEOs that he speaks to, Stephen Bartlett, I think. Um, but it's you know people that have been quite successful in mm. their lives. And but he draws. He they they go. They usually go quite deep into like emotion and like mental health mm. and how that affects things. And I think that's really interesting mm. to hear how these really successful people actually have coped with things like that and it's not just all kind of like it's just not like the glamorous yeah yeah yeah. i love that you kind of like you're sort of removing you know you're like looking into the wound almost that's that's very interesting yeah i'm gonna have to do a a thousand facets 2.0 artists mental health issues because i'm sure that there's a lot of that yeah (laughs) (laughs) starting with i think all of us yeah especially after this pandemic yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for future future jewelry artists? Uh, future jewelry artists, um, just try to do as many things I think as you can. Yeah. You know, take opportunities, uh, like look for mentors, yeah. like take people's advice, um, and I don't try maybe not to just like put yourself in one category I think with as with anything you know in life you've got to experience um you know it's like work work in a shop see what the customers like you know maybe work in a gallery work in a museum um like assist somebody and you know work in the workshop but I think you need to maybe even like in a you know uh in a jewelry repair shop like you're gonna learn a lot there so I think don't don't think you have to follow like a certain um avenue to get there Um, I suppose it depends ultimately like where you want to be but um, I would say probably do that I think in hindsight I I would have I should have gone and worked in like a repair shop or something like I think that would have been beneficial for me and would have grounded me probably a bit more Um, and also worked in retail which I haven't done before yes Uh, so (laughs) yeah retail is definitely a, a, a different beast yes in in so many ways Oh, I love that. No, I think it's a, it's a great, great advice. 
What's your favorite artist? So, <laughs> um, okay. So I would say it's, you know, again, it's like, it's usually about like seeing the, um, seeing the, the, the human effort that's gone into it. So yeah. I think I, I would say I love uh, people like Calder for mm. the sculpture and yes. also the um, jewelry side of things. Um, uh, sculptures like yeah, Giacometti, where you know it looks yeah. like sort of this melted mass. Yeah. And then if we're talking about paintings, it's people like Rothko. You mm. know, so that's kind of I would say my taste in art. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Sorry, we got there in the end. <laughs> we, we made it. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Kara, thank you so much for coming here and talking to me. You're a delight. I really, really like you. I'm so glad that I met you in person finally. And um, we're going to go have fun right now. <laughs> we're going to go say yes to everything. Today. I know, we're going to say yes to everything now. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> You can find Kyra on Instagram at underscore atla underscore. Visit our website at lab.co.uk. Or if you're in Scotland, visit her store at 46 Stephen Street in Edinburgh, Scotland. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit a Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Just